Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. In today's episode, episode 183, we provide a brief overview on power needs for hiking and the options that exist. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, subscribe on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published and you have the opportunity to leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us if you like what we do is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. For many hikers, getting out bush and going off grid is a way to get away from all the technology and the constant pinging of your mobile phone. If you aren't connected for a few days, does it really matter? Having said that, some pieces of electronics are designed to help you hike, such as navigation devices like GPSs, headlamps to help you see, and cameras to record memories. While you can always fall back to paper maps, you can't do much about your lighting and your camera power, and on longer hikes you'll need to top up with a power source of some type. It's rare that hikers don't have at least a minimal power requirement use on trail. The type and quantity of your power recharge needs is dictated by whether you can get away with just a single charge or a single set of batteries, or whether you need to have a backup option. In this podcast episode, we look at the basic introduction to powering your hike as a hiker, as opposed to a car camper, and look at the pros and cons of the available options. Now firstly, the most obvious type of power supply, if you like, is disposable batteries. They're a quick and easy fix, uh, and the term disposable covers quite a broad range from the extremely cheap lead-acid batteries to the more expensive alkaline and lithium batteries. Which one you choose is going to depend on the recommendations from the specific equipment manufacturer, your desired battery life, and how much you want to spend. And certainly you can find that lead-acid batteries you can find in the $2 shops and the, mm. the cheap stores, <laughs> uh, they are very cheap, but you're almost, you know, you can almost, by the time you've put them in, they're almost gone flat, as opposed to lithium batteries, which can end up being quite expensive. Now, while alkaline and lithium batteries are more expensive options compared to the lead acids, they usually are better value for money. They'll last longer. And I'll use as an example here my GPS uh, on the very rare occasion where I've been forced to buy batteries and I could only find cheap lead acids, uh, I was lucky to get probably about half a day uh, on my GPS. Yeah, that's not great, is it? Uh, whereas with lithium batteries, I'll typically pick up around about three days of use. So, I mean, apart from, yes, I could I could carry six times the, the amount of lead-acid batteries as opposed to lithiums, and that probably would work out cheaper. The inconvenience of having to swap over the batteries on a regular basis just isn't worth it. In regards to disposable batteries, you get what you pay for. So the pros tend to be that they are relatively cheap. Um, 
and basically the cheap they're the cheapest upfront option and even disposable lithium batteries tend to be cheaper than re most rechargeable batteries they're relatively long shelf life so if you buy them uh, you know a year or so down the track they're still in good condition you can still use them they're not like food that tend to go off after a certain period or not not a short period anyway and you can find them just about anywhere, whether it's a service station or a supermarket, they'll all tend to stock disposable batteries. The cons of disposable batteries is they generate more waste. This is a big one for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically, once you end up using a disposable battery, you throw it away. And we'll talk about what you should do for that in a moment. Typically, they don't tend to last that long in use. Um, now, again, lithium batteries will, and alkaline batteries still, will certainly last a lot longer than lead acids. However, they still do have a limited lifespan. And they need to be ideally disposed of in a dedicated disposal facility rather than just dumped in landfill. Now, disposable batteries are best for when you're using equipment occasionally and you don't have a recharging option. From here, we move on to rechargeable batteries. Now, rechargeable batteries fall into two main categories. The first type is the standard-looking battery that everyone's familiar with, uh, and that looks almost identical to a disposable battery. Quite often, they tend to be green in colour, at least in Australia, uh, to indicate that they are a bit more environmentally friendly. The second option is a dedicated rechargeable battery, often found in uh, dis uh, digital cameras, uh, but also in some brands of headlamps. The rechargeable batteries are often considered a step up from disposable batteries, with the main advantage being their very, very long life. And in most cases, you can recharge them and reuse them hundreds, if not thousands of times. Again, you get what you pay for, and I've seen some very cheap rechargeable batteries on the market. And in fact, it's not unusual uh, that the really cheap rechargeable batteries uh, will often be, uh, and I've seen an example here where a D-size rechargeable battery is a double A put into a cardboard casing to just make it physically bigger to fit into the casing of the, the piece of equipment. Uh, and it doesn't last any longer than a AA battery. Oh, gee, that's a bit. Um, I have to have to admit that you know when you go to the the shop of any kind and you see the bank of batteries for sale, it's a really confusing kind of array of you know brands and options and not just the sizes. I mean, there are certainly plenty of those. But you know, even working out sometimes the difference between a a disposable and a rechargeable is difficult and, you know, maybe the price is the indicator, I don't know, but it's quite overwhelming. The advantages of rechargeable batteries is there's less environmental waste. Essentially, you're making either a disposable battery or a rechargeable battery once, but with a disposable battery, you throw it away after use. The rechargeable batteries, as we said, can be used over and over again. Yeah, we also need to acknowledge that Batteries of any kind are not environmentally friendly. Let no. me just start with that bit. <laughs> now, they're better value over the life of the battery when compared to disposable batteries as they can be recharged. So buying a rechargeable uh, AA battery that's going to be able to be used 100, 200, 300 times uh, as opposed to buying a lithium battery which um, has one use and it might be a longer-term use um, – 
the, the use gets quite expensive after a while. Rechargeable batteries minimise the need to carry multiple disposable batteries. And that I'll put a proviso here, and this is providing you can recharge them. If you've got no mechanism to recharge them, you just have a battery that you use once <laughs> and then have to carry around with you until you can either get new ones or find a recharging point. Rechargeable batteries produce less waste because they can be recharged um, uh, with a simple battery charger and reused hundreds of times. Now, the disadvantages are buying high-quality rechargeable batteries is expensive in the short term, uh, not in the long term, though. You need to be able to recharge them somehow. So if you're going into a, a, a hike where you don't have any mechanism to recharge them, um, they're not particularly practical. You're either going to have to carry multiple versions of them, uh, which in, in some cases it may be just as easy to carry disposables, uh, or you're going to have to find a PowerPoint or carry a recharging pack of some sort, which does need to be factored into the weight you're carrying. And just like disposable batteries, they should be disposed of at a dedicated disposal facility rather than dumped in landfill. The best use for rechargeable batteries is when you have a recharging ability with you on a hike. Uh, and for those of you that are uh, environmentally conscious and want to try and help the environment any way they can, they are more environmentally friendly in the long run. In this stance, you do need to factor in the cost, as we've said, of a recharging option. Now, taking it a step further, we'll look at power banks. Power banks are essentially a large rechargeable battery that can be used to recharge electronic devices. They're a great option for hikers who don't have access to a power point on a regular basis or don't want to carry lots of disposable batteries or lots of rechargeable batteries for their equipment. They're also a great option for electronic devices that have built-in rechargeable batteries. So as we said, a lot of... Um, Compact cameras and SLR cameras these days have uh, rechargeable battery packs. Uh, and my uh, compact Sony camera, which I'm using at the moment, I just plug a battery pack into the camera and charge it that way, or I, pl I plug it into a PowerPoint if I've got one. Yeah, and likewise, your, your phone can be charged from a, a power bank as well, um, if that's the camera that you use. So they're a very versatile piece of uh, charging devices, more so than other battery types. Uh, and the larger versions, and again, we're talking about larger friendly, hiker-friendly versions here, not, not things that weigh, weigh 10 kilos sort of thing, uh, can also be used to charge laptops and tablets. Uh, and if that's a consideration, you need to factor that in when you're purchasing one because not all power banks have that ability. One of the other things as well that you need to be conscious of, um, and this sort of uh, falls into a bit of a con here, is that I had struggled to charge my fitness watch for many years uh, because some power banks find their power drain is so low they don't think they're on and continually turn off. So I was finding I was having yeah. to sit there and almost have my finger on the on button uh, for an hour just to charge it. Uh, now, it's not always the case, but I find my larger power bank doesn't have that issue. It seems to be able to register there is a small device on there and feed the appropriate amount of power in there. Well, the good thing is, though, that things like Fitbits and those sorts of things don't actually take a lot to charge anyway. So maybe you wouldn't have to sit there for an hour. <laughs> no, no. 
So other disadvantages of power banks is they're expensive to purchase and can be heavier compared to other types of power storage. Now I've got, um, or between Jill and I, we've got six power banks, two which we bought a number of years ago, uh, which we don't use so much anymore. Uh, I've got a small unit and a large unit. The large unit weighs uh, roughly 600 odd grams, uh, but it will last my power needs for two weeks. And that's the trade-off. Uh, and that's a lot of power usage for you too, given that you're podcasting and recording and doing all sorts of things for two weeks. So, yeah, it, it's not almost, so, it's not something that the average hiker probably yeah, needs. Yeah, that's right. But but for a heavy power user like myself, I know that I know exactly what I will need for a, uh, by the week in relation to power usage. The other thing to consider as well is airlines do actually set a maximum size limit um, in regard to capacity of the batteries that you carry. So as an example, um, carrying multiple power banks on a plane, there is a limit to how much you can carry. uh, And uh, uh, we'll talk about where to find more information on that in a moment. Now, the best use for power banks of whatever size you decide to carry is for heavier power users. Now, getting back to traveling by plane, batteries uh, or, or batteries and electronic devices really should be carried on in your carry-on luggage. Um, they're, in most cases, not designed to go in a, an unpressurized uh, baggage cabin, uh, and potentially fires can start if you're carrying uh, batteries in a uh, in a baggage cabin. So normally, when you go through and look at and sign in uh, or check in for your uh, flight, they'll ask if you're carrying dangerous goods. Now, most of us tend to just flick the flick the button or say yes without thinking what that means. But this does include batteries, spare batteries, and power banks um, that you do need to be aware of. Now, CASA, the Civil Aviation Authority, do produce apps for mobile phones uh, and talk to you about what you can and can't carry, including batteries. Um, And we provide the link uh, in the written version of this podcast um, where you can find these apps uh, and find out what the maximum carrying capacity for batteries on planes is. Now, again, for the average hiker, this is not an issue, but for me it is. Uh, I know that on a, uh, a hike that I'm going to a very remote area where I do not have the ability to plug into a PowerPoint, uh, over a four-week hike, I know I need uh, a reasonably large capacity. Uh, and in that instance, um, I'm not able to carry what I need on an aeroplane. I need to figure out some other option. So again, factor that in when you're deciding what you are going to carry. Now, before we move away from batteries, we need to talk about battery disposal. Batteries are best classed as toxic waste and ideally shouldn't be dumped into landfill with the rest of your garbage, particularly given the number we go through each year, but rather disposed of at a battery recycling point. Now, while this isn't always option, if possible, you should try and find your local disposal option. Uh, And if you go to the written version of this podcast, there is a link to the Australian or Battery Recycling Organisation, uh, which provides links for both Australia by state and territory and New Zealand uh, to dispose of batteries. Um, again, if we can get rid of these in the most environmentally friendly way we can, it's certainly our best option. 
Now, moving away from batteries uh, as your power supply or power resupply, uh, the next thing we're going to look at is solar panels. Now, if you're planning on being away from civilization for an extended period of time, it may not be possible to physically carry the amount of batteries that you need for all your use. And this is where solar panels come in. Companies like Goal Zero and others produce solar panels to uh, suit just about anybody's needs. Uh, and it's not uncommon to go into a caravan park and see four-wheel drive car campers and caravan campers with their solar panels on the roof of their car or propped up against their car, charging whatever electronics they've got. As a hiker, there is a limit to the size that you can carry. And typically, the smaller solar panels can generally hang off the back of your backpack and yeah. be recharging as you're walking. Yeah, that's a good idea, isn't it? Now, if you're a heavy power user, this may not be the best option because I know um, my large power bank, if I want to recharge that by plugging it into a PowerPoint, it takes roughly about two and a half to three hours to charge. If I use a solar panel to, do, to recharge the same device, uh, it's around about 22 hours to recharge, which in a lot of cases means three days. So I need three days worth of sunlight uh, to get two weeks worth of power recharge for my usage. Now, this may work, it may not, but it does depend on having sunlight available to be able to do this. I think it also depends on whether or not, you know, power bank aside, whether or not you can actually power the other devices you have directly from your solar panel as well. You're a heavy user, so you've you've got a lot of power needs, whereas, you know, for some people, a, a solar panel might be just the thing. And in a lot of cases, it, the best option, rather than plugging your solar panel into your iPhone, uh, the best option may actually be to charge a small power bank mm. and then charge your device off uh, your small power bank. And keep your um, power bank topped up. Yeah, keep the power bank topped up. It means you're not having to, you know, in most cases, if that was me, it means I'll have the solar panel on, my, on the back of my pack, the cable plugged into my power bank, the power bank either sitting in the back of the pack, uh, out of the way, and at the end of the day, uh, or even during lunchtime, I can check it to see where it is uh, and see what level it's at. And that may be something that's actually worthwhile, particularly if you're not an overly heavy uh, power user. Now, the advantages of solar panels is who doesn't like free electricity? I mean, apart from the fact you have to purchase the panel, <laughs> uh, and as long as you keep it in good condition and you have sunlight, um, that power is not costing you anything. So again, if you look after it, you're going to get years of use uh, and years of recharging ability. The disadvantages can be that solar panels suitable for hikers can be slow to charge, or if you need to have a faster charge, you're going to need a larger panel that may not be physically able to be carried. If you're a heavy power user, uh, then a small hiker-friendly panel may not provide enough power. And ultimately, no sun, no power. And again, I'll, I'll use my example uh, of my Bibbulmun track hike in 2018. Out of 35 days, I had 27 days of rain. Now, it wasn't the entire day uh, raining, but there were rain periods throughout and a lot of the days were cloudy. So uh, if you've got very heavy cloudy periods or you're hiking in an environment where rain and cloud is, is common for that time of the year, 
Uh, you may find that uh, a solar panel, which may suit your needs when it's sunny and warm, may not suit your needs when it's uh, raining or if you're walking through heavy forested areas. So that's a consideration when thinking about using solar panels as an option. So really the best use for solar panels is for the not-so-heavy power user who doesn't want to carry batteries or for the hiker who is going so remote that basically it's just not possible to carry battery packs to suit your needs over an extended period. Now, just to finish off, in powering your hike, you really do need to know what sort of power user you are. If you're only going to be using your phone or your satellite communication device, you know, such as a Garmin inReach, for emergencies, you may well be able to get away with the charge that they originally come with. Now, I know, for example, my Garmin inReach uh, will last for around about eight days, and that's eight days of also recording the hiking I'm doing as well. So potentially, if I have it turned off and not using it as a navigation device, but rather than just using it as a, uh, an emergency device, it will last multiple weeks. But for me, I, ne I need to know that you know, it's going to last eight days. I know my phone will potentially last four to five days, given the social media that I'm doing. I know my camera will last uh, seven to eight days quite comfortably. I should say that you've actually got a, a power pack, a battery pack on your phone as well. So my phone doesn't last four to five days and I don't use it very much. <laughs> no, no, and that, that is the thing. So I am carrying not just a standard phone, I'm carrying a standard phone with an additional battery pack which extends the life to about three days uh, and then uh, uh, a couple of days after that depending on what usage I'm getting out of it. And I think really from this, this instance here is unless you're a heavy user, most people tend not to think about this. But if you're a photographer, uh, and I know a number of photographers that will carry multiple battery packs, uh, and that is that is a weight factor for them when they are going out bush doing a photography shoot, they need to know that they're carrying enough batteries to meet the requirements of what they're doing. If you're going on an extended hike, knowing what the requirements of your individual devices are, um, is probably something you need to start thinking about um, and working out from there what your re your power resupply strategy is going to be. Are you going to carry a solar panel? Are you going to carry a battery pack? Are you going to carry multiple battery packs or are you just going to carry lots of disposal batteries? These are all options and there are advantages and disadvantages to each of these uh, these options for charging or powering your hike. Which one you use is really going to be up to you on this. Okay, so this was just a basic introduction to powering your hike. And as we said, ultimately what it comes down to is knowing the limits of your devices, knowing your usage requirements, uh, and that will allow you to determine what you need to, to, to carry uh, to recharge and to power your hike. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye for me.